Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Welcome to our first episode of DBP. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And this is the Drunk Bitches Podcast. Yay! It is our first episode and we are so excited for you to join us. Every episode we'll be pairing a wine with a topic for discussion. And we are, like I said, extremely excited. So, our first episode, our first wine. We're excited to get into it, but first, pass the wine, bitches. All right, so today we are starting with a wine called The Phoenix, and it is by Penley Estate. This is a Cabernet Sauvignon out of Australia. (laughs) Go ahead. Australia. (laughs) Aussie land. And usually we're popping a bottle, but this time this is actually a screw top, so you will hear us crack the bottle instead of pop the bottle. Um, and you know, in one of our other episodes, we will talk about, um, the difference between, um, wine corks and screwing and screw top bottles. Uh, and by, I just want to put out a disclaimer before we get into this, that by no means are we wine experts. Oh, this is good. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But we do dabble in, uh, we enjoy our wine. We enjoy our wine. We enjoy learning about wine. We do. Very much so. Okay, I don't want to talk too much because I need to open this. Go right in. Like we can't even start this without that. There we go. The solid crack. Solid. (laughs) Yeah, baby. So what we've got here is the 2015 Phoenix. Oh, it sounds so good. So beautiful. It's a big glass, girl. Yeah, baby. Thanks. Okay. Wow. Now that we have our wine. It's so gorgeous. It really is. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to talk a little bit about this wine label before we kind of get into um, how this podcast came to be. Mm -hmm. But I I really just want to get into this wine label because it is so gorgeous. There is a beautiful sun orb, and out of it is coming the phoenix, and you can actually see on the label the ashes and the fire that it's coming out of. And I, I, I want to say that this used to be a different label, mm-hmm. um, but the, the winery has rejuvenated themselves and has renewed kind of their, um, their, their whole approach everything everything and so in doing that they have decided to come up with new labels and on every label they have this golden orb which is beautiful um and so we'll talk a little bit more about that as we kind of move forward with our podcast but being that this is the phoenix Mm -hmm. we can discuss a little bit about how we met and the inception of this idea yep um so jamie i will let you kind of oh okay so um, one, one other reason why we chose this wine is that it is the 2015, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon Phoenix, um, which is actually the year that we met. Um, yeah, it's amazing to think that it's been, uh, we're coming up on, it's, I guess it's been two and a half years, but coming up on three. Um, and really the way that Sarah and I met, it's just kind of, it was a wonderful 
wonderful coincidence that we both landed ourselves where we did in what we have agreed to call it as the place that shall not be named. Um, let's, let's take a journey back. Let's go back in time. Should we do It's like that. Right? Like, um, I don't know. That was just my musical endeavor. Oh, I was digging the, uh, oh my God. What is his name? Wayne and Garth. Okay, yeah. I got you. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, blanking. So um, back in 2015, uh, I found myself moving down to central Illinois with my wonderful boyfriend, now husband at the time. Or Oh, sorry. Wonderful boyfriend at the time, now husband. Um, And I remember meeting Sarah's husband, uh, who was a coworker of mine. And sorry, Sarah's boyfriend too. Back of the day, back yes. of the day, um, and I just remember uh, Adam saying so many times, like, "You got to meet Sarah. She's so awesome. Like, you got you, you guys are gonna be friends. You got to meet her." And I was like, "Okay." And every time that it turned out that Sarah was gonna be down visiting the place that she'll not be named, I ended up being back up in Chicago by my family. And every time that I was down, like she was, she was just never in town when I was around, and we couldn't get all four of us together. So eventually what happened was none of this timing was working out and we decided that it would be best for us to go on a blind date. I know. <laughs> How weird is it to go on a blind date like in your early 30s yep. with another girl? Yeah. Like to be friends. You're yeah. like, wait a minute. I'm not I'm not I'm not in that age where you're in college and you're meeting all your girlfriends and you're not meeting that person in the professional environment. No. So, it, it, and it's not any other type of environment like the gym or anything. It's really like this setup by our, at the time, boyfriends. And you're like, this is so interesting. It's like a play date. Yeah. Right? It I mean, it's like, like if date. your parents are setting up a play date, like for children who've never met, but you have some weird acquaintance. Partially, right? I think it's because both of them are like, oh, dear God, please let them find somebody else. <laughs> Yeah, because otherwise yeah, they're gonna make our lives miserable. So <laughs> it was like you're gonna, you guys are gonna get along so great, but please, 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 just you know, it's like they said it out loud, yeah. but they there was still like a, is it gonna happen? You uh, really hope it's gonna happen. Like right. cross your fingers, you know, yeah, something like that. So I do remember walking up. We met at Starbucks, mm-hmm. and I remember walking up and being like. Okay, what is this girl going to look like? Because I didn't know what you looked like. And I was like... We should have shared photos. Did we? No, no we, we should have. We should have. It wouldn't have been a blind date then. Well, but I said we probably... It's like the equivalent, like, we could have had, like, a rose, right? It's like, yeah. I'm going to sit with a rose on the table so you know yeah. it's me. Like, we we didn't even do that, but we should have done no. that. No. I should drink this. Yeah, you should okay. drink it. It's delicious. Delicious. Yeah, right, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that. So, I walked up to you, and and I remember like texting or whatever. Or did you walk up to? Me? No, no, you were there first. Okay, you were there first. So you walked up to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember seeing you and just seeing your scarf, and I was like, "This is a match made in heaven." I think we're gonna get along. She was wearing a Lululemon vinyasa <laughs> scarf, like the same one that I had, the same color. Yep, everything. And I'm like, "Oh my god," that sounded really. Whitney, you're fine. But I was like, oh my God, 
she has the same scarf as me and it's from Lululemon and there's no Lululemon here. So I know that she got it somewhere else. So I'm so excited. Ah. Yeah, it was, it worked out really, really well. And I was not wearing the scarf, by the way. No, I don't really remember what you were wearing. I don't either, but you were wearing a scarf. You were wearing the vinyasa. I do remember everything else. So then we talked for like a really long time at Starbucks, remember? It was a super long yeah. time. And I was like, hey, there's this place. There's this really cool wine store there. And being that, you know, I also was moving there and also had no friends or family there. And I think that's why we were really in the same boat. It's because we had no family. We had no friends. We were both moving there for our significant others. And yet, you know, we didn't have that social network established there. So we really were looking for a connection. True. But I think that over the course of, I actually think it ended up being like two hours that we were at sitting with coffee and then continued for like another hour and a half. And the only reason I really remember it is because I called my parents like immediately after I was like, I met a new friend. I know. Um, so, So when I met Jamie's mom for the first time, she was telling me how about that phone call and oh my god she was like I just felt like it was like she was a little kid again and she was so excited to meet this friend I'm like oh my god I did the same thing to my mom anyway so it was really exciting (laughs) but basically throughout those two hours we had an immediate connection yeah you know sort of we and it wasn't it wasn't all you know just kind of like shooting the shit like no it was by the way this is conversation we swear on this podcast so be forewarned um, but we're just, we weren't just shooting the shit. I mean, like we also started getting into, you know, like what's your background? Like, where are you from? Like, what have you, what have you done? And I think that we just had a general, like a organic connection. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, it, it really worked out well. Um, I also feel like time. that would have happened anywhere. It wasn't just because we were in no, this I place agree. that we didn't know anyone. I agree with that. But I, I think it would have happened anywhere. I think it was just fate. Yeah. They say things happen for a reason, and I truly believe that the reason why I moved to the place that shall not be mm-hmm. named was mm-hmm. so that I could meet you in a very specific place and time in my yeah, life. And exactly. And we were kind of going through the same thing. Yeah. So after Starbucks, we went to, guess what, guys? A wine a shop. A wine shop. Oh, That so had bad. what? A wine tasting. <laughs> Just so happened, Saturday afternoons. Saturday afternoon. So we sat there and tasted some wine Saturday afternoon, first day, and it was awesome. And so I think then we realized, I mean, it kind of, that first encounter is really the basis of, I think, all of this. So, Mm -hmm. you know, our connection and the, just the circumstances we met under, and then the fact that wine was involved. You know, it really is how I feel like this podcast has developed and um, very organically also. Yeah. Um, it wasn't forced. It wasn't any sort of setup. No. Well, it kind of was a setup, but it just well, worked out really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a setup selfishly by our significant others mm-hmm. that ended up benefiting all involved. <laughs> so thank you for that. And then fast forward to Newtown almost a year ago. Right? When you have officially moved back up. We have, so, if anyone wants to know what location we are in, we are in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Midwest. Go Midwest. Wisconsin. 
I will say. say so I'm not really from Wisconsin. I'm from Michigan, but it's all the Midwest, right? I'm from Chicago, so yeah, you know, you know, whatever, whatever. But yeah, this whole like don't you know thing, like I don't do that. But I think it's really cool. I know one day I'm gonna start saying big for bag. That's what. That's how Wisconsin says. There's a lot of things bag at when the I grocery. first moved here that it took me a second to get used yeah. to. But so listeners know, I actually moved to the place that not, shall not be named from Milwaukee. I had been in Milwaukee for four years, moved there, and then we most recently, this past year, moved back. And we're very excited to be back. And Sean and Jamie moved back before us. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so we're all, we're both now um, starting kind of a new leaf. Mm-hmm. A new chapter of our lives here in a in place that we feel much more comfortable in, much more at home in. I think that we're still kind of big city girls. Yeah. Although Milwaukee's not a giant city, but it still has a feel of a hey, big city. There's it's a lot. It's as big as Denver. Is it? As as many people. Yes. Huh. Look it up. Everyone, Google it. Google <laughs> it. Google is our friend. Population <laughs> of Denver. Population of Milwaukee. We just get overshadowed by Chicago. And that's okay. I'm fine with it. People can hang out there and pay pay more money that's to hang out totally there. That's fine. Totally cool. My family still lives in the suburbs, so I can't really complain too much because they go there quite frequently. Yes, and my husband's family also lives right. in the suburbs, so we do go, but um, leave the traffic there. Milwaukee's a cool ass place. Hell yeah! So that's our that's our plug in for the city. Come visit Milwaukee, but don't move here. Okay. <laughs> Don't take any house that I might purchase in the future. Um, um, One other thing that I wanted to say that I think we maybe skirted over a little bit is that the origin of DBP itself actually came from Sarah's husband, Adam. Uh, I think on one of our game nights uh, while we lived down there, our game and drinking nights while we lived down there. And I'm pretty sure that Sarah and I were up to, you know, our usual... uh, Antics. Our usual antics. And Adam just turned us and he was like, you got to do GBP. It's a drunk bitches podcast. And seriously, that is where it, this this concept originated. Really and is. we're like, you know what? We should really do that. He's like, I would listen to you guys. And if you guys know him, you'd be like, really? You would? He's like, I would listen to you guys. Other people would listen to you guys. And we're like, uh, okay. <laughs> so... Hopefully you guys listen to us for a long time. Hopefully you find us interesting. Um, This is our first time doing a podcast, so please bear with us as we learn the ropes, too. But we are not... I I don't think we're novices at wine, so you might learn some things from us about wine. Um, We really really do talk about it in our normal life, not just for this. We do a lot of wine tastings together. We do a lot of wine drinking together. Mm -hmm. And wine shopping together, Mm -hmm. and just you know, looking things up and we are very interested. We've got, and we've also dragged our spouses into this. This is true. Um, and other friends also as well have, we've kind of dragged into this in, um, interest of ours. And I think more and more people are becoming interested in wine. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, shall we talk about the wine a little bit? Let's talk about the wine. Let's talk about the wine. Let's do, let's go through let's go through the uh, the three steps to wine tasting. Really, when you think about it, so you start out with appearance. So let's talk a little bit about it. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to remind everybody. This is the Cabernet Sauvignon Phoenix. Mm. 
from Penley Estate in Australia. 2015. 2015. Vintage bitches. <laughs> so when Sarah poured the glass, I said, we said, it's very beautiful. It is. It is indeed. I would actually say that it has sort of a ruby color to it. Um, this is a very big glass. So right now it's looking pretty opaque. Um, but God, it's really just a gorgeous color. Um, ooh. and should we get a, let's it's, see. What about the legs? It's quite jewel toned. Yeah. Like it's like, and so we mentioned the legs. I, I just swirled my glass and it's taken a long time for these guys to get down. And when I talk about legs, that means when you swirl a glass and you see sort of that arc from the liquid, uh, the legs are due to the viscosity of the wine on the glass, right? And so if they have thick, longer, slower legs, it's more viscous. I'm sorry, it's less viscous. Oh, God. Science people are going to hate me. <laughs> but basically, <laughs> the slower the legs, the higher the alcohol content is generally the rule of thumb. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah. I think that's right. What is our alcohol content, by the way? It is. Hold, everybody. Hold on. One moment. One, one moment. These facts are always hidden on the labels. Um, 15%. 15%. Alcohol by volume or ABV. So if we ever say ABV, alcohol by volume. 15%. So that is um, not low. No. <laughs> Everybody. It's not the highest. It's not the highest, but it's not low. So, I mean, as we sip this wine, I just want you all to know that we are... That's what's happening. We are imbibing. So, one other quick little fun fact before we get into the smell and then taste. ABV that's listed on a bottle can actually range 1.5% lower or higher. Ooh. So this technically... I didn't know that. You just mm -hmm. taught me that. Yeah, you're welcome. Oh my God. So every time that you look at a bottle of wine, you should think like, okay, but this could be plus or minus 1.5%, which means that we could be drinking a 13.5 to a 16.5%. Okay, I was going to say, does it really matter if it's 1.5 less? I don't care. But if it's 1.5 oh. more, I mean, you're going to be like... I it mean, pay for you more money, <laughs> right? More power. But there are certain wines that I think cover the amount of alcohol better. But there are other wines where if they're they don't even have to be like in the sixteen category, like listed on the label, they just feel and taste hot. That's another yeah. like colloquial term in the hot. business. Hot is like high alcohol, and when you take a sip, you're just like, oh god, like that's. Straight up alcohol in the back of my throat. So you'd say this wine is hot? Yeah. I did not know that either. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've read Jamie, so many Jamie, you are a wealth of information today. <laughs> this is validation Ladies for all of gentlemen. The, all the books that I recently bought about wine. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I digress. So we're going to get into our smell, right? So we got the pretty color. We've got the legs. Smell. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, so we'll like I'm, cut that I'm smelling. All right, so we're still actually, well, Sarah's smelling because I'm going to make you say your dominant flavors or dominant oh. profile. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Wow. I'm on the spot. Uh-oh. I'm making uh -oh. it work. Uh-oh. Um, I also wanted to say that the colors of wine are so pretty. Like, so pretty. Yeah. And, but yeah. 
I do believe they're very pretty. But sometimes I have a hard time differentiating between like this wine and the... Remember we went to that wine tasting yes. the other day and I was like, they all look the same. Every single... The whole back row, right? Yeah. So we had seven wines. The first two were white, so they obviously didn't look like the reds. But all of the reds looked exactly the yeah. same. And you don't realize it, and especially you need to have, make sure you have the same amount poured in each glass, but also... There are slight variations, right? There are. And I feel like this is when we get into like the equivalent of like a Crayola box, right? So when you open up your Crayola box, you have red, violet, violet, red. You have red, you have violet. And then you probably have something else. I don't even know what. But I really think, I mean, if I were to say, I'd say that this is probably more red, violet, um, since it is more ruby colored in nature. It's kind of pale around the rim. But anyway, um, yeah, so my my brilliant idea is that I think that Crayola should actually make a box of crayons that is just... Oh my God, what if they're listening? Solely Crayola should listen to this. Hey, Crayola! Anybody who works for Crayola... Are you listening? Take this idea. And give me royalties, obviously. um, Um, You heard it here first, (laughs) listeners. TVP. (laughs) Um, I think it'd be really awesome. You know, there are all these wine coloring books out there now, right now. I even bought one. Oh my gosh, yes. I bought one for my sister-in-law. And there's like three other ones. I, you can definitely find them. I'm going to okay. buy you one. I'm going to buy you one. I, right. So, but to go along with those wine coloring books, why would you not have a box of wine colored crayons or colored pencils? It doesn't matter. Why would you not do that? You could have like a straw color. You could yeah. have like a very, very pale uh, for, you know, your champagne and things like that. I, you could honestly, like, give a color for Cabernet, uh, Nebbiolo, um, Syrah, which is very purpley. Oh, it's so pretty. So that's my idea. Um, don't make it until you uh, talk to Jamie uh, from DBP. <laughs> I'm putting it out. Did you hear that, Crayola? Yeah. Did you? Or anyone else who makes crayons. Or, yeah, makes I'm crayons. sorry, I don't know. Who else makes crayons? Kmart? I don't know. What? <laughs> not Toys R Us. Uh, I'm not oh, sure. Um, um, all right, moving on okay. to our smell. smell. Our oh. scent, our aromas. What'd you find? I smell plum. Mm-hmm. I was shaking my head no, but I'm just whiffing around oh, okay. the glass. Okay, I, I didn't know. You're like, supposed to smell you all around your glass. Disagreeing? I don't know. If anyone's... Yes, no right plum. Now. Like a... Like a like a very ripe plum, yes, right? A, it's yes, yeah. and I get some dark ruby fruit. Mm-hmm. I, I said ruby fruit. What I meant was ruby color. So like dark berry fruit. Well, I want to say like dark berry blackberry? fruit plum. Yeah, like something like a blackberry. If I knew what a boysenberry smelled like, I would oh, shoot. Say that. I know, right? Mm-hmm. I think about that all the time. Yeah. So I. <laughs> I think a lot about things that I wish that I knew how they smelled. Is boysenberry <laughs> one of them? Boysenberry is one of them. Lots of spices, lots of, uh, you know, like green peppercorn. I do think it is a little bit peppery. You think so? I think there's a an underlying hint of fire, maybe. Ooh. That could just be because I want you to turn on your fireplace at some point. Say. But no, I think you're right. I, I tend to yeah. not pick up like a lot of floral notes just because no. I'm also not particularly familiar with a lot of them. So I tend to not 
mention them, but I really don't know that there's anything floral in here. No, I don't think there is. I think it is a lot of heavy fruit. A little minty? Uh, I, I didn't get it, but it doesn't mean it's not there. Maybe it's my chips. <laughs> <laughs> that is possible. <laughs> for damn sure. Okay. All right, drink. Oh, oh my God, it's so good. You guys, I've been drinking this the whole time. So <laughs> I've been holding that in. <laughs> it is really good. And actually, I just took a big swig. I just coated my mouth with it a little bit. I didn't swish it, but filled my mouth. I'm feeling black cherry. I'm tasting yeah. black cherry. Yeah. Not so much sure. a plum. Black cherry. No, it smelled more like plum and it tastes more like black cherry, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, this is not my first time drinking this wine. This is the second time I drink this wine. I actually think it tastes better. Mm. Do you? Hold is the it because it's cold? Yeah, I was just going to say okay. that. It's because we chilled it. So, the first time we drank this wine, we drank it at room temperature. This time, I actually threw it in my wine fridge for a little bit. And I think that it actually does taste better at that 61 degrees mm-hmm. that I have set for my wine fridge for yeah. my wine. Um, so, I have a wine fridge that has love this so much it has dual temperatures so i can set half of it for white wine and half mm-hmm. of it for red wine which is genius it is tell you so anyways i had it sitting at 61 degrees and i do think that that has made it taste better because it was the same vintage that we drank last time too so that's not the difference um, not that it wasn't good last time. Oh I no, it was think- really good. This is, but I do think that the cooler temperature just kind of allows other things to be tasted mm-hmm. maybe. And I also think that, so this is a, it is a fairly astringent wine, I would say, which means yes. you get like a drying sensation in your mouth, right? At the very end. Everybody I'm pouring again because I'm, I'm, I'm not through my glass. Time. I was talking a lot more than you are. So yeah. Yeah. Jamie's got some catching up to do people. <laughs> Just putting it out there. But, I so the thing is, I mean, Cabernet is, is typically going to have more of that higher, because of the tannins. So tannins are the skins, the seeds, and the stems of the grapes. And not everybody, you know, ferments their, uh, their wine with the stems necessarily, but reds are going to be fermented with uh, their skins and seeds for sure. Um, although I guess you could de-seed, but... Reds need the skins in order to obtain the color. And so you get from that sort of this tannic level. um, And Cabernet is such a dark color. Mm -hmm. And that's why it typically has sort of that higher tannin level. Um, And so you're going to find that little bit of drying sensation. But I wouldn't say it's overwhelming. I wouldn't say that. I actually think that it would would work well with pairing with food. Like pairing with something fattier a little bit too. Because it'll help kind of... Suck everything off. Please do that Uh, sound again. Oh, it's probably bad. Oh, do you want me to do the the sipping sound? Oh, yeah, sure. This is... This is if you are a wine aficionado. Oh, do it. I can't... I remember I can't do this. I'm going to try not to spit on my computer. (laughs) It sounds like you're a little kid in a bubble bath. Slurping their wine. Slurping their bath water. Oh, wow! She really when you when you do that, 
the tannins get all under your tongue too. Ooh, that's intense. That is an intense profile. So I want everyone to think about taking a red grape and, and really like when you eat that red grape, like just let that skin sit on your tongue for a minute. And that is kind of what a tannin tastes like. Like if you've ever been eating red grapes and then your mouth gets really dry. Yeah. That's almost like what a tannins, the description of tannins are. It's not necessarily bad, but you kind of get that like, I don't know, that something at the end. When it becomes bad is when that's all you taste and it's like ripping your face off and you're just like, (laughs) ah. Like another wine that we had together. I had a wine and it was awful. There was like tannins that I couldn't even, I mean... I couldn't even break through them. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get to the wine because I was just like, ah. It definitely overwhelmed. This is, I'd say that this is a, I don't necessarily want to say it's like perfectly balanced wine, but I do think that. Mm, I wouldn't say that either. No, the fruit that it has definitely is, is prominent, right? It's not. Completely overdone. But again, that, that astringency, that tannin is going to hit you at the end. You get the fruit in the beginning and the tannin at the end. Mm-hmm. And the fruit tastes delicious. So delicious. Yeah. It's, it's honestly, it's very, very good. I am getting the black cherries on the taste. Are we talking about, I know. Yeah, go ahead. Skin. Okay. So you I, get pepper. See? Yeah, now I have now it. Now you have it. So that's the other thing is as you let your wine open up, right? Mm-hmm. You're opening up in the glass. It's breathing. It's, it's getting, getting. So basically open up means. That you're getting some oxygen in there um, to let it kind of, the flavors. Oh, I just got another weird whiff of something, but I don't know what it is. Is it baking spices? That's what no. they always say. No. I don't know. It was interesting. It was brighter. Okay. Like a little brighter. Okay. It is a very rich wine. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would even use the word decadent. Hmm. Because... As you as you sip it, these flavors unfold, and I, I don't. It's not one of those wines that's like, it, it does keep going, mm-hmm. and I feel feel like that sometimes there's those less complex wines that are not necessarily bad. I enjoy them sometimes, yeah, but they're lighter, and for a, for a cab, as we expect, it is a richer wine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would use the word decadent, and you kind of get that like thick, rich feeling as you drink it. Yeah, the other thing I, I am picking up on some blueberry notes too. I think on the blueberry. on the palate, but um, Cabernet is also going to be a more of a full bodied wine, um, and so I definitely think that you're gonna you're gonna get that. You're gonna taste that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, most definitely. Um, so, so I think we should talk a little bit about this <clears throat> winery and okay. the region. Um, so, I think. And ironically, as we kind of chose this wine, we didn't know this, but (laughs) Penley Estates. So Penley Estates is a mix of Penfolds and Tolly, which is basically, you're like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah, right. right. So those are two uh, names, two winemaking families from Australia. And ironically, I, when I first started drinking wine back in the day, like... When I didn't take it seriously at mm-hmm. all. Not that I take it seriously now, but like when yes, I did Yes, you do. Well, I mean a little bit. But like when I was like, <laughs> oh, I mean this $3 bottle of Boone's Farm. That's cool. Yeah. You know, like whatever. Yep. Um, 
I actually first started drinking better wine through Penfold's wine, which was Australian, which is part of the two of the marriage of Penfold's and Tully. This is true. And so I think that is a little bit ironic that we chose this wine not knowing that. And then as we learned more about it, I was like, oh my God, it's Penfold's. So it's funny that you actually started with your, uh, I guess, adventures into wine with Penfold's because I actually started getting into wine when I studied abroad in Australia. And I found myself, you know, in college, right? You drink beer because that's like the cheap thing to get. and Or vodka. Easier. Oh, God. If your best oh. friend and roommate's Russian. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true, too. Um, so <laughs> I mean, good vodka. <laughs> no, it's, the stuff in college is usually the cheap stuff. I Although mean, Boone's Farm. I'm, I'm not going to. Absolute Citron was our... our Drug of choice. Oh, Bacardi O came out too when you were in college. Can I tell you? I can't even smell that stuff now. Mm-mm. Really? Nope. Not even close. And 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 not chilled people. Not Ugh. even chilled. Awful. The things we did in college. Oh my god. Vomit. Seriously. And figuratively, but also literally. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> moving moving on. So um. Yeah, Australia. So I ended up studying abroad in Australia in Melbourne, which actually is not that far Sweetie, from did where... did you mean Melbourne? No. Oh, okay. It's pronounced Melbourne. Oh, I don't know these things. Yes. Okay. So I remember when I... You know, because there's Melbourne, Florida too, right? That's a that's a legitimate place on the map. Is it? Yes. I feel like in our future podcast, we need a map. <laughs> we could... Uh, we could arrange that. To have a map? Yeah. We'll just like pinpoint like all the places that we've that we've done wines from that would actually be really fun yeah okay it's like that Dora the Explorer oh my God, stop. like the I'm a map song I have no idea what you're talking about for all you people with kids and Sarah who I doesn't know, have kids so why you know this I just mm. I know I know this things. is a topic of conversation <laughs> off the podcast <laughs> But I feel like, like the I'm a map. I would love a map. I would love. I would love a map as we talk about this point, so I can visualize. I'm a visual learner. You're, you're like I'm like about to cry because I just think this is so funny. Um, see, Sarah and I are still learning about each other. You just taught me like ten things today that I didn't know. Hot wine, what? Oh my god, I love it. Uh, we can arrange for a map. If you for told sure. me that wine was hot, I'd be like, yeah. It's yeah, hot. it is. What's great in that glass. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> I don't freaking know. So it's Melbourne. Uh, it's Melbourne. And when I was there, I actually, that was the first time I went to a winery, uh, to okay. some vineyards. I went to the Yarra Valley. Um, and then also, when my parents came to sort of pick me up at the end of my. Studies oh, there. Long ass drive. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it took them weeks. <laughs> no, um, they. We actually did a tour. We went from Melbourne to Adelaide, uh, which is another really big uh, wine region. And actually, so if you were to look at a map of Penley Estate, you'd find that it sat sort of right between. I guess on sort of a little arc, uh, right between Adelaide and Melbourne. Um, and which is really cool. So that's the southeast corner ish, uh, southeast, south central of Australia. 
Um, so you're going to find that to be, a, I guess, considered a like warmer climate because Australia is pretty close to the equator. So uh, when you think about what wines they produce, you're going to have to, you're going to tend to have different flavor profiles from warmer climates versus cooler climates. That's true. So, but this wine is not from where you went to visit, right? No. So this is from a plot of land in Kunawara. Yes. Ooh. And I hope I'm saying that correctly. I that's how I would say it too. <laughs> um and so the penfolds and the tenley. So it's this very romantic story involving a red sports car. Yes. Everyone go to their website and read it because it is it is fascinating. Not fascinating, but romantic. Um and the daughter, the Penfolds, was the girl, and the boy was from the Tolley family, and they they met and um, got married, and hence comes Penley Estate, which is this great winery that has been, um, you know, it's 1947, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. 19 and 47. Now, see you guys, the wine is this 15%. <laughs> that 15 to 16.5%. So... 1947 is when they married, but then 1988 is when the Penley name came to be, mm-hmm. and 1989 is when they had the Phoenix Cab, which won the gold medal at the Adelaide Wine Show. Mm-hmm. So, people, first year of winemaking is what I'm I'm thinking here. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, and I just want to say that we did choose the Phoenix, not knowing that. That was the first wine. Right. And that that was the wine that won the gold medal. So, again, I feel like we are just hitting it out of the park on all points. <laughs> the other um, cool thing that, uh, you know, I kind of want to talk about this particular uh, vineyard winemaking business. Um, so, you know, in the present day and age, a lot of things went from, you know, these smaller vineyards and things like that. Um, very manual process and everything's... As, as things have grown, right, um, it's become more automated. There are a lot of machines. And that's not saying that that's a bad thing. Um, but I do think that there is, you know, some, a, it's a testament to who the particular winemakers are when they mm-hmm. eliminate uh, the the machinery there. And the cool thing about Penley is that, and I'm this is a quote from their website, which I thought was really amazing. Uh, Penley has gone back in time to create a new future, one that is reinvigorated from the soil to the fruit to the glass. And essentially what they're describing there is that they have decided to eliminate all of the machine from their, or the mechanized um, and automated processes that they have, and they are turning back to that hand pruning um, aspect and which is it takes a lot more time you have to hire a lot more people it is way more um, labor intensive obviously but there's also a little bit more that you consider you know in terms of quality assurance right so you're actually a human being is sitting there looking at the grapes that they're taking off the vines is that going to be good enough to include in your wine is there a little bit of rot on there? Are you going to put it in there? Are you going to ditch it? I think that that just proves that they have a, a little bit, um, there's a little little extra pride there that goes into that. And I think it's really right, awesome. Right. Yeah. I would spend the extra $7. Right. That. And that's the other thing that we think about when we think about wines, right? We could get our two-buck chuck, but guess what? 
there's like not a human hand that touches that anymore. It's it's all automated, and which is part I of the mean, reason why people, it's so cheap, right? I've enjoyed some Tubac truck in my life. Yes, I will say that, but I do appreciate the um, just the process of having yeah someone really kind of put their their heart and and their hands into your wine and what that actually means for not just the experience at the end, but what that means for the winemaker and what mm-hmm. that means for everybody involved and the jobs and the people and the love and everything that goes into it. I do I do like that. And that's part of the story of wine that I really enjoy is when you hear about, you know, when you're drinking, uh, you know, 2005 wine. Well, what happened in 2005? And who are these people? And yeah. all those things. And that is, I think, so cool. And also, I mean, the taste is amazing. um, (laughs) No, it is very cool. And I think, too, that when when you have sort of that manual labor that goes into it, there is a little bit of extra love. Do you remember that movie? Is it with Sarah Jessica? Oh, God. Sarah Michelle Gellar? Oh, my gosh. Do you remember this movie where she was a chef and whatever emotion she had while she was making something... That's what went into her food. And when people ate that food, that's what they felt. I don't remember that movie, but I think that that is exactly what we're talking about. Seriously, right? There is a pride. There is a sense of joy. And when you open up a glass of wine, it should be nothing less. It should be a sense of joy. It should be relaxation. It should just feel like good vibes all around. And something should join family and friends. And so I think it is fitting that this wine Mm. bottle has this beautiful quote by Galileo. Wine is sunlight held together by water. Oh my god. Also very romantic statement. So romantic. So I do I do feel that. I think that, you know, it brings together family and friends and conversations and you know love and all those beautiful things. And the sunlight held together by water, I mean, that really is just kind of representing what wine is in general. That it, it is just really what fruit and water and a little fermentation. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more to it. Yeah. You know, who, how many people have had your hands on their wine? Not in a gross way. I mean, <laughs> it is kind of gross when you think about it. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it's all clean. It's alcohol. Alcohol kills everything. But That's seriously... True. When you think about it, it really is a beautiful thing because a lot of people have put so much time and effort into producing something for you to enjoy, either by yourself. I mean, I like myself with a nice glass of wine and nothing around me and a book. I'm totally okay with it. Or with other people. What? I told you about what I bought for my bathtub, which I have not tried yet. Oh, girl, you got to. It's one of those, Bed Bath & Beyond, here's your shout out. Um, Actually, I think it was Target. What?! Oh, I got a nice one from Bed Bath & Beyond, but I can't use it because I don't have a bathtub. Oh, sorry. You can use my bathtub. <laughs> I'll Not just, in a creepy way, everybody. I, I'll just call up Sarah and be like, hey, I got to come over and use your tub. Is that cool? I would be like, sure. <laughs> we'll just be downstairs watching a movie. Or actually, here's the key. Go ahead. Oh, that would actually be really funny. I, I'll provide the bubble bath. That sounds lovely. So, everyone... Wherever you get this from, there's this thing that you can put across your bathtub. You can put a book and oh, yes. your soap. Not that I actually use bar soap, but I use liquid soap. Everyone, I do use soap. She's clean. I'm clean. 
But um, most importantly, most importantly, there is a slot, like a little holder for your wine glass. I saw this and I'm like, you, you are whoever made this. Okay. Like, like the Crayola box of crayons it's that genius. are wine flavored. Wine colored. Yes. Genius. Genius. So, I mean, I wish I thought of it. <laughs> I probably would be a millionaire. Oh my God. <laughs> Whoever's made those. So anyways, that's what I would love to do. Just, I could sit with a good bottle of wine and a book in a bathtub by chance. Yeah. With my little holder that is made of bamboo. And mm. relax and enjoy that wine. But, I mean, again, I, it's... It's got to be a wine that you like, that you enjoy. Yeah. And everybody's tastes are really different. So as we kind of go on from podcast to podcast and we talk about these wines, you might not agree with everything you're, we're saying. You might, I mean, I think you will because we're pretty <laughs> awesome. But <laughs> maybe you're a white, uh, white wine drinker. Maybe you are a sparkling wine drinker. I am not a sparkling wine drinker myself, but Jamie is. I am. So, you know, everyone has their own tastes. Um, some people don't like reds. I don't know who you are, but if you, if you, I mean, that's okay. If you don't like reds, we will be dabbling in white. Sure, but if you don't like reds, just find another bottle of white to crack open with us yes, and just drink along exactly. with us. Yes. So, and and as we kind of move through this, we'll try and think of food pairings as well for you to to enjoy. Today we had um, a little bit of cheese and a little bit of sausage and a little bit of sausage what is that I don't, know. I don't even know what that is I don't know it is something that looks really myself. fancy and I mean it does look fancy I'm gonna touch it. it's super fancy it looks like like we went to France and bought it um and we had a little bit of salad it's like flour in and it? some uh like a chicken club type sandwich that's not super sada is it it could be because isn't that like the slightly this is a wine show not a sausage <laughs> not a show. sausage I... show oh god that sounds awful <laughs> I could get it. <laughs> but you shouldn't. <laughs> okay. I'll keep it. You're welcome, uh, listeners. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> Not a sausage show. Not yet, at least. Um, anyway. <laughs> so we didn't specifically pair this wine, but it did taste delicious with all of our... Yeah. And we've got some nuts. Again, not a sausage show, but we've got some, <laughs> some almonds and... Uh, those things and uh, cheese and crackers. It's delicious. It is. And I would, I mean, I'm going to circle this back and just say my overall opinion on this particular wine was, was it 30 bucks? No, it was less than that. Oh, it was like $20. $20. Yeah. Sorry. I'm so sorry. So this wine came in around $20. I think it averages about $20 to $22. Yeah. um, Yeah. If you're looking. So if you're paying anything more than that, then look some more. Look some more. Uh, look online um, too if that doesn't if your local shops don't have it. But also check because some local shops will actually order you something that yeah. they don't necessarily carry, which we have learned from a couple of our local shops as well. Um, so shout out to Ray's, uh, which is not too far from where we live. Nope. Um, Very close. We actually did a fantastic wine tasting from from them two nights ago, and this is that's actually where we bought this particular bottle. Yeah. So, never be afraid to ask. Yeah, yeah. And never be afraid to ask the people who work at these stores. I mean, they have great opinions, too, and great recommendations, and they can help you point help point you in the right direction because 
you know, again, Cabernet can have so many different flavor profiles and you could be looking for one of them and you could totally try to pick up one of the other ones off the shelf, but they can help steer you in the right direction. So a little shout out to your wine folks, uh, your neighborhood wine folks. Yeah, for sure. So Um, I think that we should maybe leave everyone at the end of our first episode uh, with one of, I think, a great quote taken from Penley Estate. Okay, so there's a couple quotes, actually. Yes. Sarah's got the first one. I'm going to say the first one because I know Jamie is dying. I love the second one. I'll tell you all the second one. So as we talked about Penley Estate and the history... um, the, the daughters, actually, are the ones that have been in the more modern age um, in the making of the wine versus the, um, the original winemakers. So they talk about making the wine true to themselves and for everybody to enjoy and gossiped about and socially celebrated at any occasion. And I do feel like that is a combination of us. I think we are gossiped about <laughs> and socially celebrated at <laughs> any occasion. I do. I do. Uh, hopefully. Um, <clears throat> hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, most definitely. <laughs> so, um, they say our history is a rich mix of endeavor, passion, and vision with a touch of scandal and madness thrown in for good measure. Oh, yeah, baby. I will say that I feel like I contribute a lot of madness to our good measure. I know you do, too. Girl, we got a lot of madness. Madness. We got a lot of passion. We really, again, when we talk about wine, it's, this is not just like a, I'm going to drink a bottle of wine. It's a, we actually really enjoy kind of learning the, the inner workings of our wines and just really appreciating the, what goes into it and what comes out of it, um, a lot. So I think that I think that sums up sums us up pretty well too. And then for for mm. Jamie's favorite quote, so they say they could write a book about their life, but instead they'll leave us with the words of their glamorous mother, mm-hmm. which is grow Jamie. up, grow up and be fascinating. Yay. So with that, we thank you profusely for Sticking with us through our first episode of DBP, and we look forward to sharing our next episode with you. Um, Until then, pass the wine, bitches. Cheers.